All right, it was a quick one. How y'all doing tonight, C12? Listen, we got a good crowd. You should be louder than that. I need, I need to feel a little bit better about myself. How y'all doing tonight? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Listen, I'm glad you're here. We are going to continue this series on courage, looking at finding bravery in your story. And listen, it's a good season to be figuring that out because uh, y'all are done with finals. You're done with school. And it, well, actually, time out. How many of you still in school? Oh, that's, oh, oh, isn't that cute? Yeah. It's summertime. Y'all excited for summer? Exactly. As you should be. And see, here's the thing we're going to talk about tonight about courage and why I think it matters, especially in this season, being summer, in this season of life that you're in, this college age season of life, is because most of you probably have some big decisions looming. See, it's in this season where you start to decide certain things that will set the trajectory for your future. Right? Like, like, am I going to ask her out? Like, it's the, oh, man, but look at her at the pool. I just see, calm down first. Don't do that, okay? But this is summer season, so you got to start figuring out uh, what are you going to do in terms of a summer job? Are you gonna even going to have a summer job? Where are you going to choose to live? What's your, what's your next year of college going to be like? What are you going to do in the next year that's going to be different from this year? Or maybe some of you decided to sneak in tonight. You're still in high school. What are you going to do to get ready for your freshman year of college? Well, guess what? The doors are right there. You snuck in. You can. I'm just playing. You can stay. Um, We're really glad you're here. Actually, showing up to C12 is a great first step. It's a great first step of setting the trajectory for what your future will be. But maybe the decisions you're going to be making, even if you're not making them now, are going to be a little bit bigger. Some larger decisions. What will it look like for you to maybe move out of your parents' home? I know a lot of y'all still live with the folks, and that's totally fine. But maybe in the next season, you got to figure out, what does it look like to move out? What does it look like to actually take that job? Maybe I need to move. What would it look like to go to that school? Or maybe it's something even bigger about your future. And, and I know that if you're anything like me, sometimes that can just bring anxiety. It can bring anxiety and worry. So do we have any worriers in the room? Can I... See, y'all are good, making me feel better about myself. Thank you, because I'm, I'm a worrier. And a lot of times whenever this unknown of the future is looming in front of me, I start to worry about it, and it freezes me. It freezes me from being able to operate out of my faith, and instead I operate out of fear. And see, the, the worry is the thing that can oftentimes take you down, oftentimes the thing that can take you out. But what I want to do tonight to start is actually remind you of two things we've talked about the last two weeks. If you come in here and you got these big questions to make, you got these, these big decisions that are looming, looking for a little bit of courage, let me remind you two things. First is what we talked about last week, what courage is. Courage is a brave first step of obedience into the unknown desires that God has for you. You don't know what they are, but courage is bravely saying, I'm going to take that first step. For Peter, it was saying, I'm going to step out of the boat. For Joshua, what we learned about last week, it was saying, I'm going to cross the Jordan. I'm going to send everyone across. For Moses saying, it's not going to be me going, it's going to be you going, so I'm going to pray for you to go. What is that brave first step you can take? And then two weeks ago, and I love this one, Austin got to teach us the story of Peter, and his second point is one that has stuck with me. It's this entire reality of whenever you believe in God, when you trust in him, when you operate with courage, you can't lose. You can't lose. You can't lose because when you believe that God is in charge, what actually happens is you're on his side. And God's never messed up. He's perfect. Nothing's ever occurred to God. He was never like, oh, that, I didn't, man, I did not see that coming. That was, 
hmm, his hands are fully around it and so you can trust him. And see, I know that the worry can take you out because it does for me too, but what I want you to understand is, is the main thing we're going to talk about tonight. I'm going to go ahead and give you a little sneak peek. This is the main point. We're going to get to it at the top. It's this. Courage is saying yes to God no matter the cost. You want to know what courage is in your life? You want to know what courage is in your faith? Courage is saying yes to God no matter the cost. And so rather than operating out of the worry of wondering what's going to happen in the future, you can start to operate out of the faith, courageous faith of knowing that God's got you. And so you can say yes to him no matter the cost. See, whatever you don't, what actually you're doing is something that, uh, that Tim Keller talks about. He says this. This is worry. He says worry. Um, I want to get there. It is. He said worry is not believing that God will get it right. So when you worry, what you're saying is, God, I don't believe that you're going to get this right. So my anxiety is going to rise, my worry is going to build, and I am going to choose to believe that you don't have this in your hands and you're not going to get it right. Worry is not believing that God's going to get it right. And so rather than being overwhelmed by the decisions and overwhelmed by the future and overwhelmed by the unknown and your desires and your dreams and everything else and the questions of, so what are you going to do five years from now? Where are you going to be ten years from now? How many of you love that question? Right, no hands, right? Just shut your face up there. I get it because it can be overwhelming. I've been there. I've been there, and the truth is uh, the college-age season of life is not the only time that you're going to face questions like that. And so figuring out how to instill courage into your life now will have reaping effects in your life later. Learning how to do it now in your early 20s will set you up to be able to do it when you're later 20s, in your early 30s. Heaven forbid you get gray hair like me in your early 30s, and it's like, I'm old. That's why I hang out with y'all, because I feel younger, so I really appreciate that. But listen, I don't want y'all to be a group of people that choose to operate out of fear. I don't want that for you. I don't think any of you want that for you. I'd rather you have the courage, know the bravery in your story that you can operate out of faith, but... The words that I would say to you in understanding that courage is saying yes to God no matter the cost is the same thing that Moses told us last week in Deuteronomy 31. When he was standing there in front of Israel, he said four words. He said, be strong and take courage. Be strong and take courage. You don't have to be ruled by the fear. You can be ruled by your faith. See, worry requires fear, but courage requires faith. And so what would it look like if your, if your faith elevated, if you said yes to God? Because saying yes to God, no matter the cost, is the bravest thing you can ever do in your life. And I want to talk about what it looks like to actually say that no matter the cost. So a few years ago, uh, about two and a half years ago, I had, had an opportunity where I was faced with this decision of what was I going to do. Uh, a good friend of mine is a, I guess I say a friend. Now that I'm old, everyone that's like anywhere near my age is a friend, but really is a mentor. Uh, so he might not like that I said that, but a mentor of mine. Uh, he's the lead pastor of a church around this area. He called me up and he said, Matt, um, I would love it if you would come and be my chief of staff. If you would come be my number two, you come be my executive pastor. Now, when I got that offer, I was blown away. My first thought was like, I would be sewing over my head. And while that's true, there's also some wisdom I've learned of if you ever take a next step in life, you ever take a next job, if you're not in over your head, you took the wrong job. 
And so I knew I'd be in over my head, but I looked at it on paper, and it was perfect. I get to be leading staff. I get to be cultivating what the culture and how the vision played out at the church. I'd be one of the primary communicators. I'd be the number two. And here's the other side of it. I'd have a much bigger title. I'd have much more esteem, much more influence. And listen, I'm a pastor, so I'm just like a walking come up, right? You know what I mean? So I would probably also get a pay raise, and that would be awesome. Um, I'm Clearly, we're all in this for the money. No, we're not. But the truth is, it was great on paper. It was greener pastures. But I turned it down. I turned it down, and it wasn't even close for me. I turned it down because of what God was showing me, what he was doing inside of me. And, and the truth is, if I would have taken that job, it would have been all about my pride. It would, all, it would have been all about me puffing up my chest because I got a bigger title. And it would, all, it would have been about my pride seeking and receiving more approval. It would have been a move for approval. But see, I don't want to be someone that lives my life operating and desiring and seeking things for approval. I want to live from approval. Not for approval. Because when you live for approval, what you're doing is you're going to manipulate everything around you and grab your value from what everyone thinks of you. But when you operate from approval, what you realize is that your approval is already fixed in God, and it's in Jesus, and it's in him, and it's only in him. And so if you have the approval from God already, then everyone else's disapproval doesn't matter. So if I'd have taken this opportunity, it would have been a great one, would have been a fit, but it would have been all about my pride. It would have been all for approval. And I'd rather be someone that lives from approval. And so I took this reality, I took this truth, I took this knowledge uh, into prayer. I started to ask God, like, it seems like an awesome fit. Um, but through prayer, I realized it wasn't. And what I got to was the reality of the only way that I would go and take this offer is if God made it so overwhelmingly clear that I was supposed to leave, that if I stayed, I'd be living in disobedience. I knew that regardless of the greener pastures on the other side, that was not more important to me than being obedient to God. And see, what I had to learn, and I think it's true for some of you that you need to hear tonight, as we talk about courage and making brave steps in your decisions, is that sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes in your life, it may mean that courage means, staying, means saying no to an opportunity so you can say yes to God. Even when everything lines up and like, this is the dream job. Even when everything in front of you is like, she's like she hits everything on the checklist, right? Y'all make checklists. Don't, don't judge me. I know you do. I did too. She hits everything in the checklist. This is perfect. And yet if you don't feel the clarity of my heart, but my heart's not in this. Courage sometimes is saying no to an opportunity so that you can say yes to God. And so I chose to stay. I chose to not take it. I chose not to leave. And I think the danger in this as we talk about it is that while yes, saying, saying yes to God no matter the cost is courage, at the same time, it also means that, that staying where you are might be the exact thing that you need. For instance, if you try to practice this in your world now, later on in your life, you're going to see that it becomes easier to practice courage. And so now while you're in college, it might mean that you choose to stay, to press on, to finish college. How many of y'all want to quit? Can we just write? Mm, let's take a deep breath and put your hand down. 
I know you want to quit. I was there. I know it sucks. I know it's not fun. I know it's not easy. However, courage is pressing on, getting that paper, getting that degree to advance your life further to the greater life that is offered to you. And so courage allows you to press on. And when you practice this in the college age season of life, then one day you're going to get into marriage and you're going to realize, I don't have to fight with my spouse. I can fight for my spouse. Even though I may not like you right now, I choose to love you. So I'm not bailing. I'm not leaving. I'm in this. I'm staying. Even though everything within me might want to, I'm not leaving you. And so maybe saying no to an opportunity allows you to say yes to God. And courage is saying yes to God no matter the cost. But I also don't want you to think that courage is synonymous with staying. See, courage isn't synonymous with staying. Sometimes it means that you've got to press on in a different way. Now, that is how it plays out in your personal life, but what about in your faith? What does it look like? Maybe it's not staying, but maybe it's, maybe it's pressing on and continuing. There's a great example of what this looks like. See, a lot of times in our faith, what we want to do is we want to associate God's love for us with the circumstances happening in our life. And if things are going well, well, then God must love me. I'm blessed, right? Hashtag blessed. No. No, no because even when things don't go right, you're still hashtag blessed. Because God's favor is still with you regardless of circumstances. And courage is continuing to lean into him when everything about you wants to leave him. There's a story that happened this past week. Many of you may know exactly what I'm about to talk about. Many of you may know what's going on. Um, It's a story of of Kevin Scheidt. There's someone that is your age, a 21-year-old guy, uh, that two days ago was walking across. Three days ago, he was walking across at graduation, graduated from college, and very shortly thereafter collapsed, and a few hours later, passed away. His sister... Kaylee Scheidt is heavily involved here at 12 Stone. The whole family is, but Kaylee serves at age 12. She's a part of it here at C12. And I don't know about you, but, but losing a brother that you're that close in age with, losing a sibling, losing a best friend, that is something that would absolutely be a catalyst for you leaving, for you not trusting God. And yet Kaylee's choosing to lean into God rather than leave God. And so she's continuing to live out her faith and say, God's still good whatever happens She's saying yes to God no matter the cost. And here's what I want you to see that's happening. Two days ago, Derek shared the story of what was going on, and they prayed over the whole family. And as he shared the story, later that night, two guys came to Christ because they heard of Kaylee's faith and what was happening in the story and in the family. Two weeks ago, Austin said this, what if your courage became the catalyst for someone else's change? Kaylee's living that out. That's happening right now, because someone would choose to say yes to God, no matter the cost. Someone would choose the obedience of that over everything else. And if your courage can be the catalyst for someone else's change, then my encouragement to you is the exact same thing I said five minutes ago. Be strong and take courage. You can't lose. You can't lose. Lean into God instead of wanting to leave God. Press in, and sometimes it means that you stay, but it's not synonymous with staying. Because sometimes courage might mean, sometimes bravery might mean that you got to take a bold step out and you got to leave. And there's no better example of this than what we find in the Bible in Genesis chapter 12. 
In Genesis chapter 12, I'm going to read it for you. It's going to be on the screen. We see the story of Abraham. And in the story of Abraham, we see God's incredible call to him. And in his call, he's, he's telling Abraham, Abraham, listen, you're going to follow me? You're going to be obedient? All right, where well, you're going to go. So here we go. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1, follow along. Now the Lord said to Abram, that was his name at the time. God would change it to Abraham later. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your family and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so God says, Abraham, listen, I'm going to make you a promise. I'm going to give a blessing to you that everyone on earth is going to be blessed through you. Well, there was a large problem in the story. Like, just, well tiny problem. Uh, He was 75 years old and had no children. I don't know how many 75-year-old dudes are just like popping out babies, right? Like, I don't know how that happens necessarily, especially thousands of years ago. But that was God's promise to Abraham. So I know you're in your old age, but I'm going to make you a promise. There's going to be a great blessing, but you got to get up and go. And now the other side of this is he was 75. And so Abraham, I would imagine, was pretty comfortable where he was. It was his family's land. It was his father's land. All of his family, all of his resources, all of his wealth was all there. He knew it inside and out, right? He knew where the gym was. It was a five mile this way, and he could go that way. Whole Foods is right down the road. That's where the farm is. Like, he had it made. It was comfortable. And yet God said, go. God said, Abram, I want you to get up and go to the land that I will show you. Now look at his response. Look at what happened. Verse 4. It's on there. So Abram went, just as the Lord had told him. God didn't even give Abraham a road map. God didn't say, Abraham, I want you to go to the place that I've shown you. Remember that place, the promised land that I put in your dreams that you know about? He said, Abraham, get your stuff. (laughs) Pack up. It's time to get the heck up out of here. I got greater things going on, but you got to trust me. You just got to go. And he's like, well, I don't, like, where? I don't, what am I doing? He said, just go. Just trust me. See, Abraham's courage allowed him to say yes to God no matter the cost. And so he left home. He left his comforts. He left everything that was, that was convenient to him. And now for Abraham... Leaving home was a location. Leaving home was geography. It meant he literally had to pack up him, his family, and all his things, and they had to go. Now, for some of you coming in here tonight, that may be the exact thing that you need to hear. Maybe God's been pressing on you and you've just been avoiding it. But maybe for you, it's that you need to go. You need to, you need to leave. This is all that you know and God might be calling you into something greater and it's just going to cause, it's going to require you to do this. All right, I did it, right? It's like Samwise leaving the Shire for the very first time. You got your bag ready, right? Or how about this? It's like Bob and Minions stepping out for the very first time. And maybe that's what you need tonight. Maybe it's a location. Maybe it's a geography. But I would also argue this, that even if that's not you, every single one of you have something that you're extremely comfortable with. Every single one of you have a comfort zone. Every single one of you have something that creates a bubble for you. 
And what if the greater life that you could experience in your life all depends upon whether or not you have enough courage to bravely take a first step and break your bubble? Now, that may be an unhealthy relationship. Maybe the comfort you need to get out of is having the courage to finally get out of it. Maybe it's a job opportunity. Maybe it's leaving. Maybe it is actually moving out of your parents' house. Maybe it's a conversation you need to have. I don't know what the thing is that you need to go unlock to live the greater life, but I do know it's going to require courage, and it's going to require you saying yes to God no matter the cost. Abraham left everything behind, but he said, but God, I got you, and that's all I need. God, if I have you and nothing else, I have everything. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of faith to be able to say that. Maybe for you, the comfort that you, that you live in, maybe it's an idea that you have. Maybe it's an idea of a husband or a wife. Heaven forbid, I don't find anyone. Listen, you are so young. You are good. There are so many out there in that giant sea called the world. But if all you ever do is live in your bubble of Lawrenceville, you may never actually know that. Let's call it what it is. And maybe it's not an idea like that. Maybe it's a dream or a desire. Or maybe for you, it's a sin. It's a sin. It's a struggle. Maybe it's your friends. It's your influences. It's the people around you. Something's holding you back. It's a ball and chain around your leg, and it's not letting you take that brave step. And so you need to elevate your courage. Maybe it's the substances that you're taking in. Maybe it's the pictures and the videos that you're watching. I don't know what it is for you, but it's going to require just a little bit of courage to say yes to God, no matter the cost. So whether it's that you need to leave or whether it's that you need to stay, wherever God's pressing you to elevate your courage, let me say one more time, be strong and take courage because you can't lose. If you trust in God, what you're saying is, God, I'm not going to worry about my future. I'm going to choose not to worry about my future because I believe that you're going to get it right. If you believe that God's going to get it right, then what do you have to worry about? I've seen that play out time and time and time and time again in my life. I thought I should have taken that executive pastor job. I didn't. And then after that, I went about nine months not knowing where I was going to land. It's not that I said no and immediately God was like, boom, there it is. Hey, congratulations. You might actually have to wait. But courage is saying yes to God even in the waiting. Courage is saying yes to God even when it's not comfortable. Courage is saying yes to God no matter the cost. What I didn't know on the other side is that while I was trying to think of what job I would get, where I would land at this church, this incredible place, I thought I wanted something, and it didn't happen. I landed somewhere else. You know where I landed? C12. And the moment I landed here, everything came alive. Something awoke inside of me because of how much I love to get to do this. And I would have never known it had I not obeyed God back here. So I don't know what the next is for you, but I do know that it requires courage. And the most valuable, the most important, and the most overwhelming thing in your life that you can figure out is how to say yes to God no matter the cost. Now, you can stay in your own little comfortable cocoon. You can. It's not like God's going to say, well... They disobeyed me. See you later. Like, that's, that's not in his character. 
But it just might be that if you choose to stay in your bubble and you stay in your cocoon, you might end up being a 30-year-old with the spiritual maturity of a 13-year-old. Because, see, growth requires you to move. There's this guy, Neil. Let me get it right. Neil Donald Walsh says this. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. That bubble you have in your world, the start line is on the other side of it. So what do you have to do to break it? What do you have to do to get on the other side? What comfortable thing in your life is holding you back? And where is God saying, listen, you don't need those things, you need me. Be strong. Take courage. Say yes to God no matter the cost. And here's the other side of it. What kind of life is awaiting you if you do that? Now, that's rhetorical. You can't answer that because you don't know. (laughs) But I know this. It's the better life. I know it's better. I know when you trust him, it's better. Because you're found in the only one who can give you your identity. You're found in the only one who can give you your purpose and who can give you your dreams. And so seek first the kingdom of God, and then he will give you the desires of your heart. It's Proverbs 3. But it's not that he gives you whatever you want that was already in your heart. I believe that that sentence means he then implants your desires inside of you, the desires that he has. Courage is a brave first step into the unknown desires that God has for you. So be strong and take courage. C12, listen. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Everything in the history of your life, everything in the history of this ministry, the best is yet to come. The moment we all continue to say yes to God, no matter the cost, the best is yet to come. Let me pray for you. So, Father, I thank you for this. God, I thank you for this truth that we can have courage, that we can follow you, that even when it's scary, even when it doesn't make sense, even it requires us to to step out of our comfort zone, Father. The truth is, you're always there. You never leave us. And so, Lord, if it's stories like Abraham's that inspire us, where we see this truth of of following you and saying yes to you no matter the cost, this this obedience to get up and go, or, God, if it's a story like like Kaylee Scheidt in the middle of, of losing her world at being rocked, Father, I thank you for her bravery. I thank you for her courage because it's an encouragement to the rest of us. So, Father, I pray that in our stories you'd be glorified, that you'd continue to write them, and that you would breathe such courage, such wind into our life, that whatever word you give us, you would also follow that up with the wind in our sails to go do it. May we trust you more than we trust ourselves. And may we want you more than we want anything on our own. Because a life with nothing except you is a life with everything. So, Father, we love you. Oh, we praise you. And I thank you. I am so overwhelmingly grateful that we get to do this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I need to talk to you, C12. I need to tell you a story. Okay? I need to tell you a story because the story has to do with me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the story instead of saying it. So bear with me. Um, saying yes to God for me in this next season means that I'm leaving. Um, I'm just going to read it. The story I shared tonight about Abraham is one that's close to me. 
Two and a half years ago when I was offered the opportunity at another church, I knew that I was supposed to stay. And I'm so thankful that I did because I landed here and I got the opportunity to lead you. But from that season two and a half years ago, I haven't been able to shake one thought. Every major character in the Old Testament had one thread in common. They all left home. Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Joshua, Moses, Isaac, David, Jesus, they all left home. And for me, 12 stones home. I grew up around here. I came back here right after college. Uh, And this is all that I've known in my ministry career. I've been overwhelmingly blessed for that. If you hear nothing else, I want you to hear my heart of gratitude for this place, for you, and for this ministry. I love this church. I love my leaders. I love what I get to do, and I especially love you. I love getting to lead C12, but, but the truth is, I love obeying God even more. Six months ago, I made the decision that I needed to take a next step, and that next step would be away from 12 Stone. My leaders have been so gracious to me to let me figure out what that actually meant while still getting to lead you. Uh, So where am I going? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And you're like, wait, what did he just say? Yeah, I don't know. Um, The truth is, though, I have a few opportunities that I've been in conversations with, uh, some incredible places. I'm hoping to get some clarity on on those uh, really soon. And I know that this is um, probably a shock to you, and what I would tell you is it's scary to me. It's a little crazy to me. I got four mouths to feed at home, right? Like, it's scary. It's a little crazy. Uh, I will miss getting to be your pastor. I have that underlined because that's true. I really do believe what I said at the end, that the best is yet to come for C12. Uh, And I believe that God will get it right. I believe that. I know that. So what I want you to hear from me is that I'm not worried. And you don't need to be as well. You don't need to be worried. God's going to get it right. If anything, what I get to do now is I get to rejoice. Because God's doing something. And I'm getting to step out of my comfort zone. I'm getting to break my bubble. And every single time in my life that I've done that before, God was there in a crazy way. So I'm going to say yes to God no matter the cost, even if it means leaving 12 Stone and leaving C12. Uh, Next week, next week will be my last week here. Um, I know that that's fast, uh, but we believe, being the leadership, that this is best. Uh, Some great things are in store for C12. I want you to know that. Some great things are in store for C12. Um, But to tell you a little more about what's going to happen next, uh, I'm going to invite Miles Welch up here. Um, In case you don't know who Miles is, Miles is the pastor of leadership expansion here at the church. Um, Miles also, fun little uh, wisdom, fun little nugget fact, uh, Miles created this thing. Miles created the college ministry at our church 15 years ago. Is that right? I hope that makes you feel old. 15 years ago, Miles started the college ministry here at 12 Stone in his living room. Uh, So he has a close eye on this. He knows what's going on. He's for you, uh, and he is going to give some leadership um, in the next season and tell you a little bit about what's to come with that. Hey, can we just... So I remember, gosh, how long ago did you show up as a resident here? Eight years. Eight years ago. What did I say? There was something I said to you that we've talked about multiple times. I forgot... Well, I asked you a question. Was it about girls? Yeah, so the very, huh? 
It was it of course it was. The very okay, first good. question that I ever, I'd never met Miles. He called me on the phone and talked about the residency. And he said, hey, man, uh, I'm, my name's Miles. Good to talk to you. Uh, first thing I want to know, do you have a girlfriend? And I was like, this is real weird. Like, it's important to it's me. It's got strange, real right. strange. So that was how the relationship started. Right. Do you have a girlfriend? Right. Yeah. I, and you married her. It's, and I, I eventually did, right. yes. Awesome. <laughs> it was a journey, but you did marry her. Um, and and uh, He knows. That's true. So... Um, I just, you know, I've, I've gotten to watch Matt grow over these last eight years as a resident and learn some leadership here at the church and then took a job uh, at Hamilton Mill, right? Children's ministry and then student ministry at Hamilton Mill, right? Come middle, on. Middle school. Middle school, right? The, Jesus was with you in that. And then um, you started the online campus and kind of our efforts in the online campus here as a church worked in spiritual formation uh, along with that. And then I'm probably missing like five or six other things because you just did so much here. I, I've done everything and, except lead worship. We actually like right. people to come to church. Good, that good. wouldn't happen So I was leading worship. And then uh, finally he's come here with you and done such a great job. And even as I, uh, you know, get to check out what's happening tonight, this is very cool what, what God has done through Matt and through you guys. And, and uh, I just, you know, uh, you've loved them well, you've shepherded them well, you've led this ministry well, and that's why it makes this kind of thing hard, right? Like it would be, this is hard, right? This is hard. Matt's leaving. And, and uh, it would be weird if this was super easy, wouldn't it? It would be like, oh, Matt's leaving? Great. What's for dinner? No, no that's weird. This is, this, is, this is hard, and that's good. Uh, and I just want to say uh, to you, Matt, that I'm very proud of you. Uh, I think you've led with integrity. I think you've, I, the number of times we've talked and you're like, I just, I have a thought or I have a question or I have an idea. And hey, what do you think about this? Or hey, the last thing we were talking about, here's what I was trying to work on with it. And, and uh, you've been diligent. You've been wise. You've been loving. You've shepherded these people well. Uh, and everything you've done, uh, you've done well. And I'm very grateful to you. Sad uh, to see you go. Glad that you're obeying God. I think the message tonight that he taught you, he's living, and I think that's, you know, a, a pastor who does what he preaches. That's awesome, right? And uh, so I, I just want to, can we have a moment and just pray for Matt? I want to tell you a little bit. I know this is a lot to absorb, but I want to talk about what's happening after, uh, you know, next week and, and a little bit, and then I want to ask you guys to do a few things. But can we just pause and pray for Matt and Larson and their family uh, real quick? Because all change comes with hope and fear, right? Change comes with hope, and it comes with fear. And and hope is from God and fear is from the enemy. And uh, so I just want to uh, pray for you about those things. And so let's pray together. You could uh, join me, please. And God, we are thankful for Matt and uh, for uh, his season of ministry here. We know that all, all of our leadership is temporary. It's uh, it's a stewardship. It's not ours, it's yours, and we're accountable for how we lead to you. And I thank you uh, for Matt. We thank you for Matt and how well he's led. He's, he's loved people that are far from you. He's led with diligence. He's taught your word. Uh, Lord, he's, he, you've used him in this ministry. Look at all these people in this room. You've, you've done that through him. You've raised up leaders here. You've, you've put your wisdom in the hearts of a new generation here. And uh, we're grateful for what you've done. And God, when we think about his future, we, just, we pray all his hopes would be realized. 
and all his fears would come to nothing. Don't you want that for him? All his hopes, him and Larson, the kids, all of them would be realized. And all, all the fears would come to nothing. That you would use him mighty, mighty in the next season. That there would be a day when we see all that you did in the next chapter and it makes sense of this chapter. And why you're taking him. And uh, we're grateful for him. Grateful for his family. Be with him. Be as real, be as real to him as the fear. Be as real to him as the real need for a job. And then show him the next step. Open the door for him. And we're eager to see what you do next. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, man. Can we just celebrate him one more time? Yeah, I love you, man. All right. Okay. I want to uh, share a couple things, and then uh, I want to pray again over the future of this ministry. So just, just again, I know this is a lot to absorb, and you're like, you know, like Matt's leaving. What are you talking about? But, but uh, I just want to talk a little bit about what's next. Um, we're, we're having a party for Matt next week, and that's a time to celebrate and honor him, come in and be a part of that. Uh, uh, what's happening next is we're starting a search for a new college pastor who's going to love you and going to carry on what, what had got it started through Matt and keep building into this ministry and keep serving you well. We're looking. So how that goes, and listen, there's nothing weird here. How that's going to happen is we're, we're going to be interviewing people and talking to people and praying and seeking God's next, and then we're going to put weird people on stage and be like, why is a guy from Idaho here? And, and well, it's because we're wondering if maybe a guy from Idaho might be the next for you. And you can just, you can vote in the moment. You can be like, boo, these suck, and that's, that's over. <laughs> that's the end. So you have some say in this, right? Don't do that, please, okay? Just send me an email later uh, uh, about that. And, and uh, so, we're, I mean, we're doing a search, and I would ask your prayers in that. That's a, that's, we need wisdom. We, need, we don't want somebody who makes sense on paper. We want God to move in that, right? That's, that's more than us. That's not a decision that I want to make with my mind. I want God to move in that. Uh, that's the first thing. The next thing, in the meantime, uh, uh, we've kind of asked Austin um, to step in. Um, he's totally married. I don't know why all the girls are going crazy. Um, but uh, we've asked Austin to step in and, and serve in the interim and pastor you. If you have any questions about the ministry or what's happening, uh, Austin is your point of contact. We also have a fantastic resident here in Christine, right? And, and, uh, and uh, you have a great leadership team. Just so you know, we're adding two more residents to the college ministry here in June. Um, and so there's going to be a couple other uh, residents showing up to help serve you and lead uh, with you guys. So that's kind of uh, what's happening next. Would love your prayers in that. And I just want to ask you to do a couple things. Um, and again, I, hope and fear is, is part of change, right? When things change, there's hope and there's fear. And I just want to talk about how to handle this with some maturity and, and uh, as we walk through this. I'm just going to ask you to do it. And you don't have to do it, but I'm telling you, the future of this ministry is in your hands. Uh, uh, there, there's, it's, it, how you choose to handle this has a lot to do with what happens next, more than what I do or Austin or the residents 
what you do. So I'm going to ask you to do a couple things. First, uh, just very human, when, whenever there's a change, there's always a thought. I wonder what really happened, right? I wonder what's the, the hidden story under the story of, like, why and what, is there some problem? I, I'm just telling you right now, there isn't. God started stirring in Matt. We agree that Matt should follow God. That's how we got here. Uh, there's no weirdness. If somebody comes to you and say, I know what really happened, no, they don't. I just told you what really happened. And there is no other thing. There's nothing under the surface, hidden in the back room. There's no weirdness. God stirred in a leader's soul. We think that's an important thing that he ought to follow. That's how we got here. That's it. And, and we're praying that God stirs in a leader's soul and brings somebody here. And it won't be weird when he shows up either. It's just God moves. Uh, so that's the first thing I'm asking you to do. Don't get into the whole, like, I know what really happened. No, you don't. I just told you what really happened. Well, you all know what really happened. That's all that really happened. All right. I've had a lot of coffee. So anyways. <laughs> um, second thing. Um, it's, it is human nature, whenever things change, that people would kind of sit back to see what happens. And you just kind of take a posture of, well, let's see what happens in C12. Uh, that's, that's the wrong answer. What happens is what you choose to make happens. Now's not the time to sit back. Now's the time to lean in. That, I'm telling you, now's the time to lean in. Now's the time to lean in in prayer. Now's the time to lean in and showing up and, and being supportive and inviting your friends. Now's the time to lean, to lean forward uh, in energy and excitement for what God is doing here. Now's not the time to sit back and say, I wonder, what God, I wonder what's going to happen. Because you're the ones who decide what's going to happen, right? And then the last thing I would, I would ask from you again, it goes back to hope and fear. Hope is from God. Fear is from the enemy, right? And whenever there's change, there's hope and there's fear. When you promote fear and you talk about, oh, it's going to be bad, you are an agent of the enemy. You become a tool of the enemy. You don't mean to. You just are because you're spreading fear. And that can happen in change, right? You've seen that happen. That's what happens. That's very human to do that. And I am asking you to be an agent of hope and to just spread hope. You know what? I think what, what, what did you say? We can't fail, can't, can't lose, can't lose. God is in this. God is stirring him. God will stir someone else. God is moving in this ministry. And all we're going to do is obey him. We can't lose. I, I like uh, the idea that we'll obey God, take what he gives us, and that's enough. Right? We'll obey God. We'll take what he gives us, and that's enough. And, and so I'm asking you to be an agent of hope. And when you see fear, fear is like fire. It spreads. Just pour some little water on it and, and the water of hope. Right? Now I'm preaching. Um, so uh, um, that's what I'm asking you guys to do. Um, uh, and so what I want to do as we kind of close the night is I just want to pray over the next season of this ministry. I'm going to ask you to join me. And while we pray, I'm going to ask that you would start a conversation with God about what it means for you to carry this season in hope, to lean in and not just sit back, and to just decide God's in this. So can we pray together? All right, let's pray. So God, thanks so much for these students. And God, I, I, I watched them worship. And God, the, the, in worship, they gave themselves to you. But that's not enough. 
Lord, it's, it's easy to worship when we get what we want and when things are going how we think they ought to. I pray for these people that you would give them the strength, the maturity, the zeal to follow you and to worship even when things aren't exactly like what they want or when they're uncertain. And so, Father, I pray that, that you would just fill this room and this body of people with hope that your next season is favorable, that, you, that what you have next is another level for us. And be with us, God, and be with this ministry. And, God, we pray that you would show us who you, who you want to bring to this ministry. And, and uh, we bless you and we do love you so very much. In Jesus' name, amen.